Alright, pretend like the intro just played and like you're super pumped. The song was great. So enthusiastic. Right. Can you hum a few bars? Um, let me do the talking, blah, 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 and unwind. Run your mouth, it's fucking Jew time. Alright, run your mouth podcast. Hey yo, it's the two Jew crew, Robin Youssef. Run your mouth, express yourself. Voicing our concerns and relieving your stress. And yeah, we do this shit for free, but you can pay in respect. Run your mouth, bitch, yo, we out of our minds. Run your mouth. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth Podcast. It's the beginning of the summer porch tour. And in terms of porches, this might be the greatest or worst porch I've ever been in in my entire life. So let me first welcome Yosef Flaked on me because we went to a random house in Jersey City. He's got kids and um, he's a huge pussy, so he didn't show up. Which means co-host for the day is going to be the person whose house I should... I don't know your name. What's your name? Uh, Ben. Okay. Welcome, Ben, to the podcast. And um, we're here. And why don't you describe where we ended up? <laughs> uh, we are coming at you from a pirate ship treehouse <laughs> in the... Uh, in the backyard of my apartment. Now, the only thing that makes me nervous about this pirate house treehouse that we're literally cramped up in, Ben must have some serious yoga skills that he's able to sit Indian style. I'm actually, I'm like on the outside of the thing so I can have my legs hanging out. And I'm a short person, but if it wasn't for that, I'd want to murder Ben. Now, do you think that there's a possibility that this dumb child's treehouse thing cannot support our weight? I... I hope so. I hope it can't. <laughs> if this thing fucking collapsed on that, that would be incredible. All right, let me set the scene. So we're out here. It's the beginning of the summer porch tour. As I said, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. If you are in the tri-state area and you have a porch, I don't want to do another episode indoors at my apartment. Hit me up. We're taking the show on the road. Yosef might not show up because he's a pussy, but I will be there and you will be the co-host. And if you have a child's I wouldn't even call this a treehouse. We're overselling it when we call it a treehouse. Yeah. This is like, okay, if you could picture in your head the worst, like you have a bad dad who's poor and he goes out and he buys you the worst like um, swing set on earth that has a tiny box at the top of it, like that's where we are. That's about right. So, yeah. Ben, I appreciate the balls on you that you emailed me and said you had a porch <laughs> when the reality situation was you had a child swing set that doesn't even belong to you. It's one of your neighbors who's going to be pissed at you tomorrow morning that we took over their kid's clubhouse. But that's it. We're doing it. Yeah, yeah. No, you, you got to do what you got to do in the names of fanboydom. <laughs> All right. So, first to start out, I, wanted to, I, I took the PATH train here today, and... I gotta say, firstly, this is a pretty well-kept secret, Jersey City. You're, cl you're closer to Manhattan than I am in Astoria. Your rent's cheaper. You got a backyard with the child's treehouse. So it's a pretty good setup. Yeah, yeah. Now, I've never taken the PATH train before, and this is how dumb I am. I didn't, like, look up what trains... Like, I just thought there was one PATH train. Because <laughs> it, it, like, it sounds like it's the singular. It's labeled the PATH train. I thought it was one train. It came to, like, these areas in Jersey's. It made a bunch of stop. You were the first stop, and I was all set. 
I also didn't even understand. They have no excellent. Like, it's amazing the balls of New York City that like they don't explain anything to you. So you show up. There's no signs like that you can't use your normal Metro card to like if you have a monthly, you can't use it, but you can use a Metro card as long as they're cat. They don't have any explanation of any of this. And I realized once I showed up to the station, your and your your fucking phone doesn't work once you're down there. I'm like, oh, I don't know what train I'm supposed to take. For the first time in my life, I, like firstly I start. I'm like, I lived in New York City to have this tourist feeling of like I don't know what I'm supposed to do where I'm supposed to go and I'm like you know what there's a dude he's paid to sit in a booth and answer questions why don't I walk over there I'll ask him maybe he's informative now if you had to guess Ben do you think this fellow might have been informative Uh, I'm gonna say he was not you're gonna say he's not no isn't it incredible that our tax dollars or our MIT whatever it is our dollars go for there literally be a guy who sits in a booth to answer questions and if you walk up to him and you say hey does this path train i gotta go to jersey city there aren't that many locations that this thing goes to it's a pretty simple question what train do i need to take to jersey city he goes like i like he didn't speak english he just said path train and i'm like no no i get that i'm trying to take the path train and it's over there yeah yeah path train over there it's like (laughs) and then you just you know what i'm good so finally I buy the Metro card, I sit down, and then, like, some young, uh, like, 20-year-old walks in, and I had to, like, ask someone, which, in the day of cell... It's funny, like, before cell phones, like, having to ask someone for directions is not a big deal. If you have to ask someone something, like, it, you, you, you kind of feel like a weirdo, you know what I mean by that? Like, you... It, so, anyways, but the, the guy was eating ice cream, and my philosophy is anytime you see someone eating ice cream, they've got to be a nice person. Well, also, they have nowhere to be. Right. You're not like, I'm just going to crush a quick ice cream cone before this business meeting. Right. Like, once you're, like, balls deep into an ice cream cone, if anyone walks up to you with any inquiry, you can't pretend like you're too busy to answer their questions. (laughs) Yeah. Excuse me, sir. I have sticky fingers. I I don't have time for this. Right. You're an adult eating an ice cream cone right now. You can answer my fucking questions. (laughs) Anyways, he helped me get out here. I came out to the area. It was kind of nice. One of the things, um, you're actually, you're more of a world traveler than I am. You're balls deep into the hiking game other than that do you do like do you ever like go to random cities or like uh eh, you know float around but n- not really M- more about the woods okay yeah now when i'm actually uh, like i would say i'm moderately an outdoorsy person and that like i i enjoy getting outdoors for a couple hours i enjoy going for like a run outdoors i enjoy um i enjoy skiing like I, I actually, one of the things I hate about living in New York City is I don't get kind of that better outdoors time. When I lived in Connecticut, I did some trail running. I did a lot of bike ride. Like, there was a lot of, like, I'm kind of wired for outdoors, but I'm also a bit of, like, an OCD need freak that, like, after day one, if I'm not taking it, I'm just fucking furious. So how do you kind of handle that, the cleanliness aspect? Well, uh, the trick to being dirty and satisfying your OCD is just to get an even coating of dirt. Of dirt, that's hilarious. You see, the new coast is funnier than you, Osef. You better step up your game. (laughs) So what do you do, I guess, to make, like, if you have one arm that ended up in a bush and it's filthy and the other arm is clean, are you now going to make that other arm dirty to even it out? Well, if I could stick that arm in a stream in an ideal world, you right. just give yourself a little rinse. But, but if not, you will even out, like, how dirty you are. Yes. That's so yeah. funny. Okay, good for you. Um, <laughs> what I love about being, like, in a new city, I love, like, just kind of skating around a little bit. I brought my skateboard, like, seeing new sights and scenes. But what's fun to me about being in a new city is, like, for an hour, you get to inhabit this fantasy world of, like, if I lived here 
things would be so good. Like, I passed, like, a couple karate places, and I was like, dude, that would be my dojo. I would fuck so many of these chicks. I would hang out at these bars every night. And then, like, I realized, like, on my stream, Astoria, there's four karate dojos. I don't belong to any of them. You know, like, but it's that thrill of being in the city for one hour and just pretending like your life could be so much different. Do you, I don't know, do you relate to that at all, or you're out in the woods, so it's like... Oh, no, no, absolutely. Same exact thing, literally down to the dojo. Uh, like, I actually thought I was going to start taking up Brazilian jiu-jitsu when Why I got here. Why didn't you? Uh, you know, life. I didn't feel like it. Okay, I <laughs> I have a, I feel like I've, I've talked to, by the way, as a co-host, you're agreeing with me, so you're killing it, so just know that. Perfect. <laughs> you're doing exactly what I look for in a co-host. I agree. Um, <laughs> I, lo- I, I actually, um, I've taken a couple... I hit the heavy bag quite a bit. I've like in my own weird way. I guess I practice martial arts and that like I train a lot and pretend like I have a fight coming up, which is retarded. Like it's it's probably one of the most dumbest things that I do as a human. Like I'll run stairs and pretend like, dude, I gotta get in shape. Gotta go. Gotta play to the whistle. End of the round. You gotta out cardio the guy. It's retarded. It's the dumbest thing I do for sure. Um, and I've injured myself hitting the heavy bag. I love the concept of BJJ. Because I, I sparred... Have you ever sparred at all? No. I took, like, a, for, a, for a very short period of time, I picked up... I went to an MMA gym. I picked up stand-up comedy, like, for a short while. I was doing it for about three months, and I loved it, but it was enough of, like, a weird lifestyle. I was almost like, let's explore what's kind of more normal and might fit into to kind of, like, living a normal life. And as a kid, I'd watch the Rocky movies. Fighting just looks so interesting. You, like, I feel like anyone who ever got into the Rocky movies is like, I want to box. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't interested in MMA. You just wanted to, like, see what boxing was. So I went to, like, an MMA gym. I signed up. I was doing it for a little while. I sparred once. And right away, because, like, I kind of quit. Like, I wasn't really drinking or doing drugs at the time. I was like, all right, I got to find a hobby that doesn't include brain damage. Like, <laughs> like right away, like, I enjoyed it. Like, I enjoyed the feeling of being punch drunk. But it was also like, how did I go from, you know, trying not to drink to basically doing something else that just ruins brain cells? Um, wait, what was I getting at with this? Oh, yeah. What I love about the concept of BJJ is that you can get, the, like, the real fighting experience without the brain damage which is very appealing to me. If I didn't have a torn, um, like, titty muscle, I'd love to do it. <laughs> you must keep... You, you, uh, now I'm hitting on you in the treehouse. You seem kind of in shape. You must work out. What's like? What's your workout game? Yeah, I just do strength training, just bench, dead, squats, uh, stuff like that. How much can you squat? Uh, I don't go for numbers. I'm an old man. Okay. Uh, so I, I just, like... You see, Yosef, that's how much of a pussy this guy is, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, just do it. By the way, he's a fucking Jew from Connecticut. He belongs to Temple Bethel. And I, I'm saying that on the podcast. I'm not going to remember to Yosef, like, call him up and let him know how much of a pussy he was being. All right, continue. Yeah, so you does, just... Does Yosef listen when he's not on the podcast? You know, to be honest, I don't know. <laughs> That'd be pretty sad. I'm going to assume that there's a good chance that he doesn't. But I like to pretend, like, if I'm goofing on him, that he'll catch it at a later point in date. Yeah, so you were saying you strength train, so you do deadlift, squats... Bent yep. over rows, just your typical yeah, just fucking stick training. The bro, bro routine. The bro routine. Yeah. I used to. Uh, I got to tell you, squatting is one of my favorite things. But I don't know. I got bad knees. I seem to be unable to um, get injured. All right. Um, let's see. I'm not ready to get into the news. I had some other things that I wanted to talk about. 
Uh, some of this was Yosef-oriented conversation. I had like 10 minutes on pastries I wanted to cover. I mean, do you want to like talk shit about him behind his back? What, about Yosef? No, 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 it's okay. We'll, we'll let him come on the next episode and let us know why he flaked on coming out for the episode. Um, but before we get into like the pastry segment of the show, I don't know, are there any particular good sandwiches or pastries that you ate this week that you wanted to report on? <laughs> uh, well, you brought me donuts. I did. I brought Donut Pub. Yosef, that's the other thing you didn't show up for. I fucking stopped at Donut Pub and brought donuts for the poor chain, and then you fucking flaked last second. All right. Other than Donut Pub, now I'm relaxed. Any other good pastries? No, I'm, I'm not really a pastry guy. All right. You know what? You suck as a co-host. Let's move on to the next topic. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this fucking treehouse, I think my back is starting to cramp up on me. Are you comfortable? Yeah. I, I, you know, I, you... Mentioned the cross-legged thing. I actually did some hot yoga today. So did you really? Yeah, I'm feeling nice and loose. Okay. How often do you do the Bikram yoga? Uh, new to it. This was the second time ever, but, you know, it it really just, like, tore all my are muscles a new asshole. Are the chicks at that just, like, unbelievably stunning? <laughs> well, my girlfriend's going to be listening to this. Just spill the beans. How stunning? Uh... Unbelievable, and they all wear like <laughs> like the half shirts, the tight yoga. Like they couldn't look more intriguing. Yeah, sh- shirts is generous, honestly. Right, like they wear a sports. Bra. They basically wear a sports bra. Those lean. I gotta start taking some fucking yoga classes, even if you don't know how to do the poses. Just like I don't date that often. Just get out of your house. Stare. All right, this. Well, is really that's probably creepy. a good inroad. Is like, oh, I can't do this pose. Like, help me stabilize. I don't think anyone's ever picked a chick up that way. <laughs> how long have you been with your lady for? I feel like you haven't dated for a while. <laughs> uh, it's been it's been a few years. Yeah. How do you meet your lady? Uh, calculus three. Oh my god, that's the worst story ever. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know that there was a third calculus. <laughs> oh, it keeps going. I failed, I failed the first calculus so many times. <laughs> like, I, I should have been a calculus... The amount of times it took me to pass calculus, I should have been a calculus 7. And I'm not even lying. I failed stats and calculus so many times in college. It literally felt like gr- Groundhog Day. Like, I finally... I just shouldn't have... Like, here was my biggest mistake in life. I just should not have been a finance major in college. I shouldn't have done it. Like, and the problem is, in college, like, they kind of make you invest in a major that sometimes you get to, like too far in to switch to something else to realize like oh this was a mistake for me so i had years i never showed up to school i can read a textbook and just ace classes i never showed up read the textbook last minute especially on like information speed like spit back look at this is a run your mouth podcast i'm pretty good at bullshitting i can pretend like i read a book i can pretend like i've read your history thing i can fucking bullshit for days you can't lie about understanding or not understanding math. Yeah. You know, like, you either know your calculus... And then it's not just that. I can figure shit out from textbooks that this was a real, like... Those classes were taught in a way where even if you knew every example in the textbook, you cannot know how to do the next example. Like, you could... Uh, with history, you could understand nine. You could know ninety percent of the history information and get a ninety. You know what I mean? You can get an A minus. Calculus, there could be that one step that you don't know. Now you can't start the problem to start doing all the work that you do know how to do, and you went from knowing ninety percent of the information to just get an F because you didn't know how to start the fucking problem. I failed the same semester in college three times. I'm not even like three times in a row until I finally just showed up to the class and be like, listen, I failed this class like four times. Like, I, you just got to pass me. <laughs> did that work? Yes. At one point it did. Wow. <laughs> just just telling. I remember the professors, like the couple ones that I had that conversation, but just being like, like, this, uh, what? Like, they were just like, it, they just had that moment where they were just confronted with like, all right, like, this is really not a cool situation, but okay. 
Whatever. All right. Um, moving on. I want to talk about the gay pride parade that just went down this week. Um, as a gay individual, I know you were there. What did you make of the parade? Fabulous. Okay, that's all you have to say about it. Perfect. Killing the co-host game. <laughs> I never... <laughs> Here's my take on parades in general. You go out and they got like a fun vibe. You're fine with them until like if it's a travel day for you and you get interrupted by a parade, it doesn't matter what that parade is. Fuck those people. Yep. Like you and I were both Jews. If I got stuck with traffic because of the Israeli Day Parade, I'm just like, fuck those fucking Jews. I hope the Palestinians wipe you off the fucking map. <laughs> now, this past Sunday and in previous years, I didn't, I didn't have to like confront any parade traffic. I didn't have to deal with any of that. And what's amazing about the parade is, as a straight man, there's it is your best opportunity. Like year long, if you don't have a girlfriend and you don't have money for strip clubs, the Gay Pride Parade is your best opportunity for seeing titties like I, have you experienced that i don't know you, you you live out in jersey city maybe you haven't been around for the gay pride parade yeah, i've i've seen the one in columbus actually what's the scene like in columbus i did see some nipples you saw so, some like, lady nipples this is what happens every <laughs> single hot 20 year old in new york city sheds their bra and they go to the parade and i have some theories for what's going on my first theory is they're like all right let's see if these dudes are really gay <laughs> <laughs> they're like we're gonna show up that's first second is i think women have this competitive thing about them we're like no no, no like we're, we're sexual too like you guys aren't the only and i almost think that's like a positive contribution of the gay community like like they invented grinder they invented squirt and i feel like they make women i know i'm not getting laid but i think in like the bigger sphere they kind of make women step up their game a little bit mm -hmm. and like be a little more sexual than they would be otherwise because they're like oh like these people are having so much fun you you know what I mean? Like, they introduce, in a way, like, sexuality to our culture. They kind of liberalize all of it that I think women are like, man, I'm not going to let these dudes, these fucking gay dudes have all the fun. Well, yeah, I mean, even as a straight man, it's like, you know, like, there's always the nuclear option. Like, like I... I, I you mean to go gay? Yeah, like, I could put myself in that position, like, if it came down to it. Like, I think the women understand that. Like, they're competing... <laughs> with that. Yo, I'm in a treehouse with a fucking queer, everybody. <laughs> Yo, safe. I do not feel safe. I respect your opinion. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't think you actually mean you would go nuclear, but I do think it kind of puts women on edge of, like, we got to step it up a little bit. Okay, you're agreeing with me. So, moving forward with the... What's interesting about, like, the gay pride parade is you really do have this vibe. All these people, they come out and party. And so I was actually reading, it was in USA Today, that some people in the gay community were upset that they felt like all these non-gay people were ruining their moment. And I was reading that, and I'm like, are you, if you're actually upset that people are coming out and having fun at your event... Like, that's a little too gay, you know? Like, <laughs> you got to step that back. All right, moving on. Next thing I wanted to talk about was the whole um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders thing. She got thrown out of that restaurant. And um, do you read that news story at all? It's not yeah, like, yeah. similar to Yosef. It's not like I gave you the topics beforehand. What was your takeaway? Were you Did you think that was inappropriate of the restaurant? Like, what, what was your general kind of take on, on that situation? Well, if she was ordering a cake, they should have fed her the cake. What do you well, like? Why? Why specifically cake? I, they need to feed her that damn cake. Okay. Well, I kind of. <laughs> here was my take. First and foremost, I felt like if I'm owning a restaurant, it's shocking to me 
that like you would throw out Sarah B. Huckabee Sanders because that's got to be a pretty good dinner client, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like if I own a casino, I'm not throwing out wealthy people. You know what I mean? It's not like, um, so. But here's the crazy thing. I, like, here was uh, here was the line from from the restaurant owner. This feels like the moment in our democracy when people have to make uncomfortable actions and decisions to uphold their morals. So what's crazy to me, I actually heard Mike Huckabee, who's Sarah Huckabee Sanders' dad, saying it's crazy to be like the Democrat. Trump, at the end of the day, like our government, don't like our government, look at the flaws. There's a lot of issues here. At the end of the day, he's the democratically elected leader, and you're not even that person. You're his support staff. So to be a restaurant and say, I can't serve the person that, like, uh, in not a majority, but I guess the system said, we're going to put this guy in power is kind of crazy. And it's such a 180 from what I read from the Denver, Colorado thing of, like, the gay baker who didn't want, like, that, it, like, it, I, I don't know. It's like, in this case, they're kind of rallying behind the concept of, hey, we have to stand up to this government. And um, what's her name? I, who's the who's the lady who was calling for uh, for more protest of the staff? Uh, Maxine Waters? Yes, I think that's the name. Like, I, it, it, it seems so contradictory between those two things, that they purposely set up a baker to try and say, hey, how are you hating on gay people? And then they throw out a person from just eating dinner at a... Re- like, like I don't know. Those two things seem crazy contradictory well, and, and to me. Bo- in both cases, they... I think they miss the property rights side of the issue. Like, oh, light on me. This sounds like some good libertarianism. Well, I, mean, I agree with you. It's they, a fucking they, restaurant owner's decision. But they don't even frame it that way. It, it, like it's framed as a heroic act of defiance and you know hashtag resist. And it's like right. no, no, no. It, it, like call it freedom of association. Call it property rights. And then like don't justify it on moral grounds. Just say well, I agree this with you. If you if you a own right a business, issue. owning a business is fucking difficult. It's your property. You should be allowed to serve who you want. And then the market should be allowed to decide. Like, hey, it's offensive that you don't want to serve X group of people, so we're not going to go there. And I think that kind of self-corrects, but at the end of the day, I don't think anyone should be able to tell you, hey, you need to do blank in your business. It's your business, you own the place, you put all the work in, and it's your choice. That is kind of my takeaway. Now, as a professional protester, as I analyze kind of this instance of people protesting Sarah Huckabee Sanders... I think that there should be a fair compromise here of, like, protest lunch. You know what I mean? Like, dinner's the end of your work day. Like, can you just fucking, like, ruin my lunch? I understand ruining lunch. Don't ruin dinner. I think these people are never going to come for brunch. You mean, oh, like, it's Brunch is sacred. You mean they would agree that they'll leave brunch alone? Well, liberal America... Loves brunch to the extent that they'll never protest it. Never. Okay, I buy that. By the way, just to let you know what you missed out on today, Mr. Feldstein, not only is this a nice little Jew boy from Connecticut, he has a fridge that was stocked with seltzers. I'm talking three rows deep, cold seltzer cans ready to go, the vintage classic, and before we move on with the Sarah Huckabee Sanders thing, we have some exotic flavors to test, so let's, let's get to that. First is the watermelon, which sounds disgusting. Can we crack this into the microphone? We can, but can you first explain to me why watermelons, watermelon seltzers were intriguing to you? I'm going to throw my girlfriend under the bus. That was oh, her please purchase. Do. 
Have you tried it yet? Yeah, it's terrible. How bad? Uh, well, I, I don't want to, you know, disturb your impressions of it, but I, I would it. compare it to watermelon fun dip, if you remember the, the powder I don't in think the bag. Was a, I was never a fun dip guy. Okay. Eh, I don't totally hate it. It, it. it does taste like candy with no sugar in it. I was going to say, it's like, it's a little too artificial to the point that it almost makes me question every time I drink a seltzer what is the artificial flavoring that's going in there yeah like it makes me question like it's not that it tastes bad but other seltzers have a refreshing vibe to it it's like the orangeness to it is kind of subtle where like you're like i'm drinking a seltzer there's no this is healthy but when they come in with like the exotic things like watermelon it makes me question what what i what i'm actually consuming this well first i should note that uh specifically this flavor is called seedless watermelon uh, oh, like there's the, a, there's a taste difference apparently. Uh, that's such marketing bolt like the, this because seeded watermelon. If you're gonna go artificial, seeded watermelon actually tastes better than seedless watermelon. The pits are just a pain in the ass. Right. So if you're gonna artificially flavor something around watermelon, I would think you would go for you would say super seeded watermelon. But then they would have to almost add seeds to live up to that expectation. Probably get a lot of angry letters. Yeah, that's that's disgusting. All right. But I'm glad you had a red pill moment about (laughs) artificial flavoring because of this exact (laughs) seltzer flavor. I don't hate it. I thought it was going to be worse than it was. Can I try... What was the other one? The apricot? Uh, Well, you got a lemon-lime here. Well, lemon-lime I brought... Lemon-lime I brought is the backup because I knew that these other seltzers were going to be terrible. Yeah, we we have a La Croix... Or, sorry, LaCroix. Uh, LaCroix apricot. Dude, are your knees starting to bother you from how cramped this? A little bit. Hot yoga did not prepare me for this. All that talk about being limber. Yeah, my knee's starting to hurt. All right, well, don't worry. We don't have too many more topics to cover. What is this? This is apricot? Yeah. Now, do you actually like an apricot? Um, To me, apricots are fucking disgusting. It's kind of like a disappoint. It's like a peach in disguise. I I wish it was a peach. This is like subtly enough apricot that if you told me it was artificial peach flavor, I wouldn't I wouldn't like be like, you fuckers, that's clearly an apricot. <laughs> now does this make up for the pastry talk? I I feel like that you stepped up the seltzer game. Now it's a little disappointing that you didn't have more in pastries, but yes, the fact that you're a seltzer that you're stocked up, you're like stocked up like if a zombie apocalypse happened tomorrow, you'd be like, hey, we got seltzers for a while, we're okay. Yeah, and they're cold. All right. Um, oh wait, I have one more thought about the Sarah Huckabee Sanders thing. We got this. We got distracted. Um, oh yeah, here was my other. Okay, I actually I understand th- this is a weird thing. I remember I read this from Doug Stanhope. I thought it was a really interesting idea, and he was saying kind of Fight Club style. If you look at all these dudes who kind of cause real financial havoc, like if you were like like a Jamie Dimon kind of guy. I, most people cannot recognize, and by the way, I, I'm just saying that name. I don't really know what kind of financial fraud Jamie Dimon is specifically responsible for. I would just imagine that the head of J.P. Morgan Chase is doing some shitty things to our economy because my conspiracy brain. But I can't tell you, hey, this is specifically what this guy did. However, Goldman or like a Paulson, those kind of people who got in on the financial bailout, I would say it's pretty clear, hey, this is a bit of a racket going. There's something to be said for not letting those individuals live a normal life. Like, in the same way that we kind of, like, Bill Cosby... I I have mixed feelings about this. I think that there's a lot to be said for delegating law to the court system, and if the court system was actually 
I guess, could facilitate like truth and justice. I think there's something to be said for, hey, let's not just have newspapers shaming somebody. Let's not just make claims. Let's not just all rally and shame around something. Let's actually have a discussion, go through the facts and make a decision if something was right or wrong. The flip side of that is that society is somewhat corrupt. People with wealth do get a, do get away with kind of shitty things. And there's something to be said for society kind of policing it. And there's an interesting thing to be said for if like we publicized, hey, this is the guy who made a ton of money last year and fucked you over. <clears throat> and like being the guy who works at that guy's uh, like country club and not serving him food or spinning it. You know what I mean? Like there's something to be said for we can kind of get even with these people if we all like understood, hey, this is the guy who's robbed you of your money, but he's so tied in with the political system, he's never going to... Does this kind of make sense to you? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think you need uh, members of the press or the political class making the specific call to action. I think a good case in point is if you look at like Martin Shkreli. Like, you mean it, that it, society as a whole just kind of shame the guy? Just shame the guy and let people deal with it as individuals. Like like Martin Shkreli, the guy who like bought that uh, no, 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 life-saving drug and yes. like jacked it up a hundred times in price or whatever. Now here's what's interesting. Everyone hates him. Here's what's interesting about Martin Shkreli. I didn't dig too deep into this. I watched a little bit about what he had to say, and I don't think that his strategy was actually necessarily that evil. Because there was a little bit too like, hey, I understand the racket that's going on here, and we can actually charge the people who can afford it and the insurance companies the max to turn a profit, and then the people who can't afford it just kind of subsidize and give it to them for free. I don't know if in practice he was doing that. But part of what he did was he was like, he had this attitude of, hey, I'm smarter than the system. Fuck all of you. I will play the evil person to the point that the press so went after him and everyone hated him. I think it became politically favorable to go out and ostracize him and actually to like, like, I think at the end of the day in business, like if you dig deep enough into anyone, you can bust them on something. And I think he became public enemy number one because of his approach to the point that they actually kind of figured out something to take him down on yeah well do you remember like in the 90s they had that magician on tv who told all the magician's secrets yes. and he had to wear a mask with the fucking ape mask martin yeah, shrelly yeah. if he just wore the mask he would have been fine he, he would have been fine but he, he did it with no mask on right he wasn't a good politician he was like so cocky about his intelligence and the way he was approaching this that he kind of said hey fuck you guys i'm smarter than all of you and what i'm doing is the right and like people were just like fuck this fucking bro -y. you know what i mean like he kind of pulled that hatred out. So I got mixed feelings about it. I kind of understand the public, like the public approach of like, Hey, let's just put out in the world that these are the financial demons who are fucking you over. And if everywhere they go, they kind of feel that shame of society hates them. Maybe it's self corrects. And like, there's kind of ramifications for being a piece of shit and people behave better. And then I also hear the argument for like, no, there shouldn't kind of be that public shame factor. That's why we have a court system so that you can actually have someone reviewing the facts. And if that worked appropriately, everything would be handled in court by a judge in that system and you would kind of actually find out who's right and who's wrong and kind of approach in that way. I, I see it from both sides. Now, we're drunk and my back hurts because I'm sitting in a fucking porch. What was I get? Why did we start that? Can you remind me? Uh, Sarah Sanders. Thank you. And people protesting. So I kind of see it. Like, I kind of understand it and I kind of hate it. 
here's where I, I like I most kind of hate it is uh, I, I don't know uh, to what extent you actually listen to the podcast. I'm just going to assume that you're diehard and you listen to every episode. But what we were saying about Trump and he worked out his differences with Kim Jong Un. He did it over a good dinner. So I almost feel like don't protest people's meals. That's the way that we can win people over. Like food and physical comfort is what brings people together. We can solve all differences by getting people together and kind of having those conversations around a meal. Don't fucking ruin the one thing that we can actually all rally behind. All right. I feel like I made my point. Okay. My back fucking kills. All right. So let's get into um, Space Force a little bit, immigration, and then we can call it a day. Did you watch um, Donald Trump's Space Force announcement? I did not. What? Dude, it is one of the hardest I've ever laughed. Why would you not watch that? Uh, <laughs> I'll watch it when we're done. You. All right. I'm, I'm going to put in the footage right now. Space Force was... I've never laughed so hard... And the reason why I laugh so hard is because he's taking all of this shit for what's going on with immigration. And now he's getting on the news and you're like, all right, they must have some sort of a solution to this shit. And what's great is the country's going broke. You got the threat of a trade war. You got a million things going on. And then this guy, he can't build a wall. He can't solve health care. There's a million things that he's promised us. He's not pulling through on any of it. And then he gets up on the news and he goes, listen, we're going to take care of the situation in space. And you're just like, I didn't give a shit about space. There's so many other things we could work on and solve. And then it points to just like how dumb fucking society that I'm sure there are people out there who's like, fucking Donald Trump, he's got the space force going. And then the name space, like it just sounds so ridiculous. Okay. But then here was the oddest thing about it is he's making this announcement and he goes, we're going to have a space force. It's going to be separate, but it's going to be equal. (laughs) From what? From the Air Force, but this phrase, <laughs> the phrase separate but equal is not like it, it, it almost looked like a Freudian slip. And here's what I think happened. I think they were in the Oval Office and they're talking about immigration and Donald Trump was standing there and he goes, maybe we can have them be separate but equal. <laughs> And then the room just went deathly silent and someone was like, wait, what did you just say? And then to save face, like someone like Pence or Sarah Huckabee Sanders went like, oh, he's he's talking about Space Force. And they were all like, yeah, 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 Space Force. And to save face, he had to get on the news and be like, we're going to have a Space Force. It's going to be separate. But like, it just so came out of left field and seemed so fucking stupid. I'm convinced that like he just desperately wanted something that was separate but equal. And they're like, all right, we'll give you Space Force. This is just too fucking racist. All right, that, that was my general... If you did not see the Space Force announcement, it just seems so absurd. I don't know why you would allocate resources that with everything that's going on. Like, not only do we have an outlandish military budget, but, the, like, the idea that, like, we're not doing enough in the space, air, and sea... Like, I don't know. It, it, it drove me fucking nuts. Okay, last thing I want to discuss is a little bit about immigration. What it seemed to me Donald Trump was doing with the separating families... Um, was he was trying to kind of force Congress to make some decisions about how we're going to handle immigration. Now, if you're going to have representative government, the idea is me and you, it's really hard to make decisions in life. It's hard to make the tough decisions. We're going to elect some people. They're going to sit down and they're going to get things done. And so what was going on with Trump here is he was like, all right, I'm going to play this leverage card of we're going to kind of do something with that seem, I guess, was kind of like, legally sound or made sense kind of like a technicality of like these people are doing something illegal because they're adults these are not because they're children we're going to separate the two but it seemed like he was basically just trying to pull play a card to force some action from congress 
I, I don't know. Would you kind of agree with what, what th that was the situation? Are you specifically talking about the executive order to end it? No, uh, I'm talking about prior to the executive order. Okay. It seemed to me that that's what he was trying to do. Is he's trying to force them to come to some conclusions about what's going on with immigration. Maybe or maybe not build a wall, but it's like it's like this gray area of this thing that nobody wants to address because clearly the Democrats want more potential voters and the Republicans don't want to look mean. And so you kind of have this thing where it's like, all right, let's let's not talk about that. Nobody looks good if we address it. And the entire point of government in appointing these people is, no, no, you guys have to deal with this shit. And they do the opposite. They placate to us. It's like, we're trying to kind of be like, hey, you're going to be the responsible parent for us. And they don't do that. They just kind of give, like, they let you stay up late. They do, like, because they just want to fucking, you know, stay on to their power. I feel you probably mostly agree with everything I've just said. Oh, 100%. Right. Spot on. So, so <laughs> here's what's kind of so funny to me about the situation is that we invest so many, so much resources into kind of have these people in charge to make decisions, to push things forward, and to kind of supposedly work to help us. That's supposedly what these people are supposed to do. But instead of that, it seems to me like they're playing this game of, like, who's the asshole? So, for example, like, when they have, like, debt limit things, so, like, the Democrats, they almost come out, like, and they're like, all right, listen, the country's going down the tubes, we didn't figure out the debt limit, nothing's happened, but at the end of the day, the Republicans look really bad for shutting down government, so we won this round. And it's like, we don't put these people in power so that the Democrats can make the Republicans look bad and the Republicans can make the Democrats look bad. That doesn't actually help anybody, but it's, like, more of their, like, the way that they almost, it's almost like if you worked at a company... Like, me and you worked at a company, and as opposed to improving the software, I just sat through all day to try and point out to the boss how you fucked up. Now, the company's not going to get anything done, but it's the misguided... That's what's really frustrating about government. It's this misguided thing where it's like both sides feel like they have a victory if they just make the other side look bad, but at the end of the day, they haven't solved anything. They haven't pushed anything forward. You've literally wasted our times and resources. It's like if someone gets up and goes, hey, Donald Trump did this shitty thing, or the Re Democrats get up and go, hey, the Republicans did this shitty thing, okay, well, what have you done to improve this situation? Like, great, fine, they've done this shitty thing. I'm so happy they were able to bring that to the spotlight. But you've literally not done your job, you've done zero, and I find that to be, I don't know if I express it in a humorous way, because my back hurts because we're sitting in a fucking <laughs> child's treehouse, but I would say that is one of the most ridiculous elements of government right now, is this misguided thing that as long as I made them look bad, I did my job. And it's like, no, you've wasted our time and resources if you've done that. Well, I think within your analogy of, of this company, uh, where you're blaming the other team for your lack of productivity... I think the average voter, uh, consumer of news media is the spouse of the shitty employee. And they're just hearing like, yeah, oh, Jim's, the team, other guy's fault. Jim's team is ruining it. And, right, like, and, they and just they're just bringing home this one-sided story. Right. And their, uh, their wife, husband, whatever is like, yeah, no, they're I like totally the hype, support They're you. like the hype man to that where it's like they need the person to be like, no, 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 you're a fucking smelly piece of shit. You're not doing your job. Yeah. But instead they keep saying, yeah, fuck Jim. Jim is ruining everything for you. I think that's a pretty fair way to put it. All right, dude, thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Guys, this is the beginning of the summer porch tour. If you've got a shitty treehouse, you've got something that might pass for a porch, I'll show up. Yosef apparently is a pussy, so he won't. But I will show up. Hit me up, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Also, like I said, if you're an expert in a specific field, 
things are coming across my desk that I'm interested in. I'd love to talk to you about it. Most specifically, here's what I'm most interested in right now. I'm reading a lot about things that are going on at the Supreme Court different constitutional decisions. If you're like a constitutional lawyer or professor, I would love to do an entire episode about some of the recent things that got passed, some of the changes that are coming. That's fascinating to me. If you're an expert in something else, hit me up, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Ben, thank you so much for having me. You got anything you want to plug as we're coming to the end of this? No. Okay. Ben has nothing to plug. He doesn't like pastries and uh, Yosef's a pussy. That kind of sums it up. Thanks for having me, buddy.